Brandon Brands. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Travis Chapel from the Build Your Network podcast. And if you want to build a brand that matters, then you should be listening to Brands on Brands on Brands with my good buddy, Brandon Berkmeyer. In a world where advertising is ignored, business is exposed, and the only constant is change, how do you build a brand that matters? Welcome to Brands on Brands on Brands, a home for those who think different and push their boundaries. This is where branding that matters lives. Now, here's your host, Brandon Berkmeyer. Hey everyone, welcome to Brands on Brands on Brands. Today we are talking to Travis Chapel. Travis has a top 50 business podcast called Build Your Network. He hosts Masterminds, has a group that takes people across the country to experience new things called Cool People, Cool Places. You should check that out. And he's just a really solid guy that has built a brand from nothing. And wanted to talk to him today about how he's leveraged networking and building community to start an actual business, even if he didn't know where that business was going to begin with. Super interesting. And for those of you interested in podcasting, he's a top rated number one class guy. I actually hired him to help me get this podcast up and running into the quality that I wanted it to be. He's been an excellent coach. He's a great teacher and mentor. And uh, he just he gives without asking in return. So excited to bring him on the show today. Hope you guys get a lot of value as I have from my friend, Travis. Check it out. Brandon Brand. Hey everyone, just wanted to uh, let you guys know today, a very exciting day. We have the one and only Travis Chapel on the show. Travis, I will let the audience know who you are, but just want to say thank you first for coming on the show today, man. Yeah, of course, brother. Happy to be on. The reason I'm so excited is what got me started on some of this podcasting journey you know, was uh, Travis and figuring out like how I wanted to get my voice out there into the world. And I came across Travis and his podcast, which is Build Your Network, you know, the Build Your Network podcast. And I was literally looking out there, figuring out how can I network better? How can I meet more people, build more relationships? Because I had just jumped into entrepreneurialism. And that was something I'd skill I hadn't nurtured. And from a simple search in iTunes, I stumbled across your content and it really resonated with me. And the funny thing about that is, you know, so I, when I went to learn more about you and, you know, checked out your website, you were like the easiest person to get a hold of. It was right there, you know, click here to message me and we'll set up a call. And I'd never, I did not expect it. It threw me off. I waited a week to actually execute and, and call because I'm like, what am I going to say? This is really, <laughs> I, I have no reason to actually talk to you. But I did, and I'm glad I did because from there, you know, I, I learned more about you. We connected. Since then, we've you know gotten to know each other a lot better. Yeah, man, I'm I'm stoked that you did. It's so funny. Uh, you look in your back office, your download numbers, and you know that there's a bunch of closet. I call them closet listeners, people that are always listening to your show, but you never know about it. And then, like a year later, some like somebody literally hit me up a couple of days ago, and they were like, "Yeah, man, I've been listening to your show for over a year. Just I'm never, you know, never." was able to reach out or whatever. And it was just like, man, just reach out to me. I just want to talk to people. I just want to connect with everybody. But yeah, it's uh, it's kind of funny well, uh, Funny how long it takes. Well, and I love that you built it into your process because you know, I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, I'm looking at the history and I'm like in what seems like, I, I want to say a year and a half now, but whatever the timing was of it, from getting started to, to you know, very shortly after you, you 
you seem to have all these massive names in podcasting and in, in business and entrepreneurialism, like people that have done amazing things say yes to showing up and wanting to talk to you. And then beyond that, what was more interesting to me is just that your focus on community building. Like just say you made yourself that accessible. And then as I dove into it, you have, you know, like Facebook groups and you have ways that people interact with you through masterminds and retreats and just putting your, yourself out there. And I couldn't even tell what your real business was. I just knew like, okay, this guy is really about people. And it seems like you started with that idea of people first and community first. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because I didn't, I didn't really have a business when, when I started it, you know, like it, the business has formed itself through demand instead of me having an idea that I force on other people with excess supply. You know what I mean? So I think that was a, a huge part of it coming into it was just like, I, there wasn't, there wasn't a hidden agenda for me. It was just about connecting with people. And then through connecting with people, I found out a lot of pain points and problems and different things that people were going through and then was able to create some solutions, which has now turned into what I do full time, which is super cool for me. So why? So when, we, when you started this, what in your head said, you know, networking is important. I need to build something around this to the point then you, when did you discover like, oh, well, I should do a podcast? What was that, that part of the story where, because not everyone's like, oh yeah, networking. I should look into that and then I should do more of that. Yeah, good question. So it actually happened the opposite way. I figured out first that I wanted to do a podcast and then I didn't know what I was going to podcast about. And so I, I had a background in door-to-door sales and that was like really my only expertise. I came out of college. I, I was, grew up super religious. So my entire life was lived in this like really small bubble that that was the only thing that I knew how I went to college to be a youth pastor and that's what I was going to be. Um, there wasn't really another option for me. But when I figured out like junior, senior year of college that that wasn't the route that I wanted to go, there I, I didn't have any other routes except for the fact that I was already doing door-to-door sales. I was pretty good at it and I liked it. And uh, so I just kept doing that out, out of college. And after the first year that I made six figures, which I was 22... Uh, I turned 23 that year that in August of that year. I remember hitting that goal and being excited about it because... Like six figures was a big goal of mine for a couple of years. And so I finally hit six figures. At the end of the year, I was looking back and I was just like, I, I don't want to keep doing this. I, it's, it, it seems counterintuitive. Most people, if they're 22, 23, and they make six figures, they're like, I'm doing something right. I should keep doing this. For me, it was just like, I, I looked 10 years into the future and asked myself, what does this look like for me? And I didn't like what it looked like. So I immediately changed my position there. I stopped doing door-to-door and I just kind of dove into personal development, which was the first time I'd ever done that. I was never a reader. I didn't consume any content. My sales thing was just more natural ability combined with getting around people who were really good and learning from them directly. So I did, I wasn't a I wasn't a reader, I didn't, you know, listen to audiobooks or podcasts or anything. So this was really the first time that I did that. I jumped into personal development, was watching YouTube videos, reading books, listening to audiobooks, listening to podcasts, doing everything that I could to try to figure out what was going to be next for me. And man, like every career choice came across my came across my mind, Brandon, like everything. I thought like being able to be a firefighter? Should I be, you know, an FBI agent? I felt like I was a 14-year-old kid going through career counseling in high school. You know what I mean? Because I, that never happened for me. I went to high school on the same on the same campus that I went to kindergarten on, the same campus that I went to eighth grade, ninth grade. Like, like it was all the same for me. Even college was on the same campus. And so there, there was never really another option for me. So when I when I was done with that year door to door, I was genuinely considering everything through listening to podcasts. 
I uh, just kind of just kind of thought about the idea of starting one and was like, that would be really interesting just to start a podcast. It seems interesting just to have cool conversations with people who are out doing really amazing things and they're crushing it in life or in business, whatever it was. So when I decided to start the show, I was like, well, what am I going to talk about? Well, sales. That's really the only thing that I know is sales and the Bible. <laughs> you know, and I knew that I didn't want to do that route. So, so I was like, I, I guess I'll talk about sales. So I go over to iTunes and I type in the word sales and only like 100,000 podcasts came up because everybody and their mom has a sales podcast. And so I was like, that's not going to be an easy space to stand out in. And then I was thinking, well, I could just do door-to-door -door sales because that's a niche down. And I probably could have done that and done really well with that. But the whole reason that I was like starting a podcast was to get out of the door-to-door -door industry. And if I established myself as an expert in the door-to-door -door industry, then I would be chained to that industry for the rest of my career or until I started another podcast or went a different direction. So I, I immediately backed off of that and was just like, if I'm not going to talk about sales, what the hell am I going to talk about? The second thing that came to my mind of like, when I really was trying to examine how did I make six figures at 22 years old, what did I do to get there? And the answer was just glaringly obvious in my head. It was, I went and got around somebody who was making like a half a million dollars a year in door-to-door -door sales. And I spent a ton of time with that person. Uh, as much as I could, as often as I could, I would get mentorship from them. I would hang out with them as much as I could. Like Whenever there was an opportunity to go grab a beer or chill at the house or spend time outside of work or spend time inside of work with the guy, like I was always around it because I was trying to glean as much as I could, learn as much as I could. And that was really, I believe, the reason that I was able to be successful. It wasn't anything special about me. It was just that I figured out that this guy figured it out and I could probably just do what he did. And so that's what happened. So I was like, well, then I guess the natural topic would be something about networking because it just kind of makes sense to me. If I want to get to the seven-figure mark, I should probably go hang out with seven-figure entrepreneurs. If I want to get to eight-figure mark, I should probably go hang out with eight-figure entrepreneurs and so on and so forth. And so um, the networking thing kind of fell in my lap as a secondary thought. But my immediate thought was, man, if there's that many sales podcasts out there, there's got to be an equal amount of networking podcasts because it's, it's such a, a vital topic, right? So I typed in networking and to my utter shock, there was like nothing out there. There was a couple of shows that talk about it every once in a while. There's a couple of episodes that popped up, but no one show that was purely dedicated to the to thought or the idea of building a solid network. And so that was, that was kind of when I was like, Hey, I think that's probably a good idea. Plus, I wanted to learn how to do it better myself because I wanted to get good guests on my show. So I was like, how am I going to get good guests on my show? Probably through some sort of networking, probably through some sort of relationship building, connecting, getting warm introductions to other people. My whole thought process was, if I can get in somebody's inner circle, then I won't ever have to pay to get somebody to be on my show. Like... I, it, it's not going to cost money if you talk to the right person because everybody will do stuff for close enough friends and family. So if I can figure out a way to like build relationships and connections with all these other people, then it's just going to start building on itself. And it's not really anything that I had any proof behind. It just made sense in my mind and was just something that I really went forward and just kind of attacked head on. So networking just kind of fell in my lap, to be honest. I decided to podcast and then the networking topic just kind of just kind of made sense to me. So I'm trying to imagine, you know, this this idea of networking popping into your head. And, and I don't think it was one of those like you woke up in the middle of the night and, or whatever it was. But where where were you when you said, you know, I'm going to Google this. I've been it's been meandering around for a little bit. I'm going to figure out is this podcast worth doing? Were you like physically somewhere where you think about podcasting or like how did that 
even no i was just in my living room i was taking a a course by a buddy of mine, a buddy of mine now at the time I didn't, I'd never met the guy, but I listened to his podcast all the time. His name is John Lee Dumas. And I was taking a, a podcasting course that he had. And through that, I was just like really trying to figure out, okay, if I did this, what would it look like? And that the, there was a lesson on niching down and trying to find your audience and stuff. And so I uh, was going through that and thought the sales thing, nah, but networking, hmm, possibly. And it kept compounding on why I thought it was a good idea. Because it would, it was just like, well, now I'll be literally doing the very thing that I'm teaching on by getting the guests on my show anyway. Like It'll be a perfect social proof item to use for my own thing. Because in order for me to go... Because you got to understand, bro, I grew up in, like, in that bubble. When I stepped out of that, all of my connections like went up in smoke. Like I didn't know anybody. I, the, the richest person I knew was making 150 grand a year because after I stopped working at that door-to-door company, my mentor who was making a lot of money at the time cut me off and like stopped talking to me. So I was back to like square one. I, I, I didn't... When I, when I stopped doing door-to-door, I, I didn't have anybody around me. Richest person I knew was making 150K a year. That was my entire circle and a couple of like really good close personal friends, but that weren't in business. So I was just like, man, I got to, I got to start somewhere. I got to start from scratch and really just try to attack this thing. That's, that's kind of what I did. And now like the show is the social proof for the action that I tell people to take on the show. If that makes sense, which is super cool for me. Well, what I like is that you, you didn't exactly know where it was going to go. You're like, you know what? I know enough that I'm interested in something. I'm going to pay to learn more about how to podcast. And like, you know, like at least I have that part figure out that I want to try. If it doesn't work, I'll do something else. And while trying it and learning it, you started to discover a little bit more about what you wanted to do, which is great because I don't think enough of us invest in the things that we are curious about or passionate about and chase those, those roads. Yeah, totally. I think it's... Um, I, I, I don't know if it's just because people just don't have those dreams or ideas. For me, it was just... I always had something bigger that I was trying to head toward. And it just didn't make sense for me to not use my time and money and energy to go after those things. So just investing those large amounts of money at the beginning, especially when I had never done anything like that was really difficult for me to do, but proved to be the best decisions that I ever made. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of people don't have... They have a dream like that, but they don't know... They think they have to have it all figured out as opposed to seeing something in front of them that, that, that interests them saying, okay, I'll do this. Even if I don't, this may not work out as the main thing and don't realize that just trying a bunch of things might get them there. But you know, you started with you know, what you know and you've, you've kind of found this passion. How did you turn that into like something that actually was successful? So in other words, a lot of people start podcasts. You had a little bit of training, a little bit of focus. So you definitely got a, a step ahead. But I'm sure at the beginning, it was a bit of a struggle. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. For a struggle for a long time. It, it just came from a commitment, like an internal commitment to myself that I was going to win no matter what. And I think that that's super important. And to, to be honest, this is probably, probably the only thing that I had ever done that with. I'm very, I very much am a person that takes my word to myself very seriously. If you don't build an impeccable relationship with yourself and you make a habit of consistently breaking promises that you make to yourself and not coming through on commitments that you make to yourself, then you are going to struggle with having confidence, which is like the biggest 
biggest factor in just about any area of success. And so what, what I did is I just looked back at my past and drew on past experiences, which was for me door to door. It was an industry that is, does not have a ton of successful stories in it. And, and that you know the top one percent of the industry does very very wide of of quite a few friends in door to door who make a lot of money and have a lot of free time and do whatever they want to do, and it is a cool industry if you can figure it out. But the majority of people, ninety nine percent, probably even more exaggerated than a typical industry, jump in and then quit, jump in and then quit. It's one of those like get rich quick ideas that isn't actually getting rich quick. You know what I mean? And people can't push through the rejection to get to the point where you can make a lot of money. Um, so a lot of people try door to door, but most people give up within about 30 days of out knocking on doors. For me to be able to jump in and make a six-figure income in door-to-door sales, I drew on that past experience and said, look, I became the top 1% in an industry where most people give up and quit. If I can do it there, I can do it here. I just have to figure it out. I just got to follow the same process. Like it's, it's, not a, it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. If I can commit, like the only if is if I can commit. Because if I can commit to it, I'll figure it out for sure. I don't know like how long it's going to take. I don't know how much investment it's going to be. I don't know any of those other factors. But I do know that it's going to work if I'm willing to commit and put in the work. And what I think a lot of people can relate to is that initial inclination of, well, I'm good at this thing right now, or I've been doing this thing historically, I guess that's what my podcast should be about. And fighting that urge to be like, well, I'm not exactly passionate about that. And that seems pretty competitive anyway. Finding that there's other places that are related that you can still use your skills. I think a lot of people can relate to. I'd, what I'd like to hear more about is how, what this when this started to work, when you started to feel like, yeah, this is the right thing. Like, what did it start to mean to you to see a little bit of progress? And whatever that progress was, was it that suddenly you got a good guest or suddenly you had some downloads or suddenly you started to figure out what you wanted to help people with as a business? What does it mean to you that this started to work and that you saw light at the end of the tunnel? Yeah, man, that's a, a good question. I think at the beginning... Um, and to kind of go back to your last question a little bit, there, there was a long period of struggle for me because I was putting out so much content and I invested so heavily in the knowledge. Like I, I invested over $12,000 just in mentorship, masterminds, and coaching from the very beginning, just so I knew what I was doing, let alone like the costs to set up the website, my equipment costs, the you know different softwares that I had to run to to get the podcast going, the logo, the artwork, like all that stuff. Like uh, you know, total, I was probably getting close to twenty thousand dollars to start the show, which is an exaggerated amount comparatively to most people what they spend starting their, their starting their show. But like I said, I knew that I wanted it to be successful, so I was willing to do whatever it took to get it that to get to get it to that point. So around like the eight, nine, ten month mark. I was really starting to spin my wheels because I was not getting traction. There was a huge advantage in the fact that I was connecting with people that I wanted to connect with, but a disadvantage in the fact that I thought that those connections were going to lead to huge download numbers and they just didn't. So like, you know, interviewing people like Grant Cardone or Ed Milet, like people that have really large social followings, people that actually, they actually shared my episode on the show and I would get a little bit of a spike, but then that was it. And it would, you know, it would, average out after that. And so every single time I'd get one of those, I'd be super hopeful. And then it just wouldn't affect my download numbers. And so I was looking at my back off. When I was telling Jackie, my wife, a, a few days ago, I was just like, 
people won't push through because of how difficult that time period is. It's really hard during the time period where it's literally eating up your mind every day of how can I make this better? How can I get more downloads? How can I like, how can I accomplish my dreams? And nobody cares. Like nobody but you cares. You're putting out this free, insanely valuable content that you've invested thousands of dollars and hundreds of hours into. And like nobody's listening. Like nobody gives a F. You know what I'm saying? Like that was really difficult to, to continue just being like, you know what? Trust the process. I'm still going to put out three episodes a week. It doesn't matter to me. I stopped looking at the numbers after a while because I was just like, this is just so discouraging. I committed to a certain period of time when I started. So I was like, if after two years, I don't see any traction, I haven't made any money, like, and, I, and I haven't gotten to the point where I want to be, then I'll reevaluate at that point. But in the meantime, I got another you know, 14 months before two years is up. So I better just put my head down and keep working and not pay attention to the numbers because like, there, there's true freedom in commitment. If you're truly committed to something, you have actual freedom because there's no second guessing, should I be doing this still? The, the minute that thought came into my brain, it was like a doesn't matter. I already committed. So I'm going to do it anyway. And then really around the year mark, it started gaining a, a much better amount of traction. It took, me, it took me one full year to get to 100,000 total downloads. And then like another three or four, like another three months to double that. So around the year mark, it started really picking up on, on, on the traction and now is, is starting to grow. Um, at a much more significant rate, but uh, but yeah, the there's a few moments for me when I realized that, and it was pr- it's probably been through the serendipity of the connections that I have now, um, not necessarily anything directly correlated to numbers or anything like that. And then uh, so just the connections, and then also the fact that it's what I do full time. Like I was just chatting with uh, with my wife about that yesterday. We were in the car. So yesterday uh, was a Wednesday for me, uh, where, where like whenever this episode airs yesterday at the time of this recording was, was a Wednesday. And it was a Wednesday morning. I had blocked off the whole day because I had a meeting that I thought was going to take a really long time. Ended up not taking a long time. And it got pushed back to later in the afternoon. So I had the whole day blocked off. And in the morning... I got up. I, I still woke up at um, at four thirty because I had a call at five thirty, and then went to the gym at uh, at six. Got back from the gym at like seven thirty. Took my wife to one of our favorite breakfast spots, like 20, 30 minutes away from the house, and uh, we just sat there, talked, had breakfast, walked around, did some shopping, went to the Apple Store to get my iPhone looked at. Like we did a couple of things, and and when we were driving back home, I was just like so thankful, man. Just so grateful. Just an overwhelming feeling of gratitude where it was just like, wow, I can't believe that this is what I get to do on a daily basis. Like, I I get to travel around, talk with cool people and make a full-time living doing it. And a few days ago, landed a big consulting job that is probably uh, definitely the largest consulting gig that that I've landed. And so like, it was just weird, man. It was just weird sitting there being like, I'm making more money than I've ever made doing what I absolutely love. And if I didn't just jump into it, take action and commit to figuring it out, like I would still be knocking on doors, which just makes me sad on the inside to even think about that possibility, <laughs> you know? Yeah. One of the, like the big, besides the personal connection we have now, one of the biggest reasons I was wanted to bring you on was because what's been important to me is identifying this idea that when you're building a, a business, that the branding behind it, the reputation behind the business 
the one-to-one connection with the customers is the most important thing. And I like the idea that there are examples of people like you that honestly built a brand before you even built a business. I'm not even telling people to do that. I'm saying, gosh, at least think about your brand. Think about your reputation. Think about how you are helping people and how they, how you interact with them. But you're a great example of the opposite of starting with the brand, starting with what you can give and then figuring out the business later. How important has branding been to you in terms of building your reputation? How important has that been to your career? And, and yeah, yeah. Branding, branding's everything, man. Like I was just actually writing about this this morning. I have a, a course coming out on on networking and how to how to really explode your network in the next twelve months. And I was just writing about this about branding and positioning. With with no personal brand, you have no positioning. Meaning that the perception of that people have of you is very normal. Whereas if you have a brand, people's perception of you is much higher. So, for instance, if you are at an event. And you're only there to hear Gary Vaynerchuk speak. And you walk to your seat and this guy stops you to have a, just a random conversation since you're at a business event together. You get to know each other a little bit, but you get worried that the front seats are filling up. So you get really anxious. And then so you, you, you cut the conversation off and you go over to the front seats and, and, and save your spot there. But then you realize that Gary's not speaking until like late at night. Right. So now you got to sit there all day, listen to all these speakers that you didn't come to see. But you're like, hey, if they're speaking with Gary, they probably know what they're talking about. Right. First speaker gets up and you realize that it's the guy that you were just talking to in the hallway. So what do you do? Like your perception of that person has immediately changed simply because of the positioning that he was allowed being a speaker at the event, which is literally the same thing as saying his brand was better. Right. When you first met the, when you first met the dude, like, you didn't have any perce- any perception. It was just a normal conversation. And in fact, you cut the conversation off early so you could go get a better seat, right? After his speech is over, there's a big line in the back and everybody's trying to get a, a picture with them and get them to sign his book for them. And, and now you got to go wait in line 20 minutes to talk to the guy for 30 seconds when you could have had a much longer conversation with him before. And the only thing that's changed, the dude is the same, you're the same, the event's the same, everything's the same. The only thing that's changed is simply your perception of how valuable his time is. So that to me is what Building a, like building a personal brand anyway is really all about is is the perception of your time being more valuable um, because more and more people are wanting your time, which is just simple supply and demand economics. Like my time is in short supply, and if it's in high demand, that means that there's a dollar amount attached to that, which allows me to be able to build a business off of it. But the only real way to get to that point is by adding real value to people. And that's really what it comes down to for me. Now, I love that. And what I've been thinking right now, what's coming up in my head is that there's this idea that you've spent all this time building this network. You've kind of learned things that a lot of us don't even know we should be learning. And you've built all this content around building your network. If I had to boil down, or if you had to boil down, what some of these, like someone starting out, an entrepreneur that it's clicking in their head that they need to, to change the way they build relationships. They need to change the way they work with their customers. Uh, what are some of those like core tenets of relationship building or networking that they, they should be starting with, that they should be leaning into a little bit more? Yeah. 
first and most importantly, you have to be a giver. You have to learn how to give without the expectation of receiving anything in return. Always try to be giving you know, at least 51% of the value in every relationship that you have. I know that that, sound, that's, that sounds so... Um, not like a secret, you know, like when people are like, well, what's the secret? What's the key to networking? It's like, give, give more. And they're like, oh, okay, but seriously, it's like, no, no, seriously, that's, that's really what it is. Like all I've done is just given a ton to people and not expected anything back. And the universe will always reward that. Even if that person won't reward it directly, it doesn't matter. Like I'm not doing it for that, but the universe is always going to bring it back good on like the more good you put out, the more good you're going to be open to it's just the simple like law of attraction. Um, so the first thing that I always tell people is like, look, you have to give and you have to give without the expectation of receiving anything in return. That's number one and most important on the list. And then as far as going forward, different tactics and things, um, I think positioning is super important. Like what I was just talking about, and one of the most important ways to position yourself is to build your own platform. So if you're not getting booked on stages and you can't go book yourself on stages for whatever reason, then start your own event or build your own meetup or start a podcast. Do something, do something along those lines. Like If you truly want to explode your network, start a podcast tomorrow. Like I promise you, if you start a podcast, you start interviewing people, you're going, your, your network will, be, will absolutely will just take off and grow exponentially. The number one thing that I did to build the network that I have now is start my podcast. Like I said, first, it starts with giving value. It starts with adding value to people. So having a show like this one, now that has like decent traction and good guest list and all that kind of stuff and, and has 260 plus episodes and has a good reputation. That is a value add piece that I have that allows me to connect with people that I want to connect with now. Because I can, I can, add, I can start the relationship off by adding a ton of value to them, by putting them in front of my audience and, like in, in, in showing their work to a bunch of people that previously didn't, maybe, maybe didn't know who they were or maybe misunderstood that person. Like even my interview with Grant Cardone, a lot of people know who he is. But people told me that my interview with him changed their perspective on who he was because they've never heard the parts of the story that I got into with him. Like that helps Grant's brand, right? That helps Grant's image in those people's eyes. And maybe they'll buy a product or service that they wouldn't have before because they, they didn't like him because he rubbed off on them the wrong way. But listening to him on my show helps them have a better perception of him. So it's, it's a value add piece that I can throw into any conversation now. So that's more of like the advanced type network building would be to start like build some sort of a platform. It doesn't have to be a podcast. I recommend podcasting because I think it's the cheapest and the easiest to make a good quality. So like starting a YouTube channel is just more difficult to have it be really good quality. I think it's a little bit easier to make a podcast good, uh, good quality. So I would start with the podcast, but do something like start a meetup in your area, start a podcast, do a YouTube channel, do uh, Instagram TV. Like I don't care what it is. Just like you have to build some sort of a platform if you really truly want to exponentially grow your network. But if you don't have the mindset shift of like I'm always trying to give without expecting anything in return, if you don't have that first, then you're just going to annoy people. In my opinion, like if 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 you're not in that mentality, and then you start a podcast, and then you you're always trying to like get stuff out of people. If they come on your show and you're trying to, you're always trying to match. Like there's givers, takers, and matchers, right? There's givers, people who give without expecting anything. There's takers, people who always dominate and want to get way more value than they give and view that in their head as a win. And then there's matchers, people who only give if they can expect something of equal value in return. And givers are always going to end up at the top. 
it's just going to happen. And they're, they're also going to end up at the bottom, which is very interesting dichotomy, uh, which I talk about in my course, like how you can avoid being the giver at the bottom and become the giver at the top. But either way, the givers are at the top. Matchers and takers are in the middle. And this is through countless studies that have been done. If you haven't read the book, Give and Take, I highly recommend doing that. But that's why I talk so hard, talk, talk so much about giving is because I think it starts there. I think you have to have some mental shifts before you jump into this journey. Like number one, you got to be a giver. You know, number two, you have to think long-term, not transactionally. You know, num- number three, you got to stop thinking as people as contacts and start thinking as people as people. Like there, there's, there's a few mindset shifts that have to be done right off the bat that are going to help you get through this process a lot easier. And then more tactically build some sort of a platform. You have to position yourself in a way that makes you more interesting to other people that like they'll want to connect with. Right. Well, I, I think the idea is people build relationships with people, right? And if, if you invest in that, then, then it can turn into something that's more interesting. But I like that you started with the thing we, we had, you know, if you've done any amount of research, you have heard the idea of give more than, than, you, than you take, the 51% thing. But I like that you, you qualified that you know that that's obvious. Uh, but what I think is not as obvious to some people is if you pick and choose the people that you want to invest in, and put yourself around people that you generally want to see succeed, it becomes a little bit easier. You don't have to put yourself out there to everybody and try to make everybody happy and give to everybody. If you find people you're genuinely interested in, that you want to see succeed, that you want to be part of your life and your relationships, whether that happens or not, because you're genuinely interested in them, you're going to come up with an authentic way to try to help them succeed in some way, shape, or form or build a real relationship. And I think you can walk away from the ones or just be more professional about the ones that you realize this is a transactional thing. If something happens, it does. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And you're not vested in it because it's not something that's going to be valuable to you anyway. There's like a shared meaning there. Yeah, totally. I'm glad you brought that up because you, you definitely need to pick people who you would like to add more value to than maybe other people, maybe people that are in a specific industry or like I always tell people, if you're going to invest heavily into certain relationships, make sure that they're like top in your industry and make sure that they're connected to a ton of other people in your industry. I think that was one of the best decisions that I made. I made it accidentally. It was not you know something that was super thought out. Um, I just liked John Lee Dumas a lot and was like, I want to connect with the guy because he's a super successful podcaster. And if I rub shoulders with him, I'll learn how to do it properly, which was true. But also, he's super well-connected dude. He's done over 2,100 episodes on his show and all of them are interviews. So he's interviewed quite a few people and has quite a few connections. And a lot of people know who this guy is. So I invested heavily into a relationship with John that benefited my knowledge base, but it also benefited my network because... He knows a ton of people. And now an introduction from John Lee Dumas to somebody else is much, much more powerful than me just reaching out and be like, hey, what's up? Yeah, exactly. And I think this the idea that if you met John and you didn't like him, you probably wouldn't have taken those extra steps that you did take to further your relationship. Some of those things that you went above and beyond, you maybe wouldn't even have thought of because you're like, I don't want to be around this guy. But obviously he's, he's a guy that people like, they, they like him because he's a good dude. What I'd like to get into, I mean, it is called Brands on Brands on Brands. I asked this question, but I want to change it up a little bit for you because uh, you have this background in sales and then you switched into building, you know, building your brand and investing in relationships and networking. But for you, I wanted to figure out selling and branding is a part of every business. I usually ask, you know, what's more important, one or the other? What I'd like to ask you is how have both contributed to 
like your business today? Like where do they fit in like the levers? Because I think you have to pull on both. Yeah, I, I think both are super important. I think when you're starting your business, your selling is more important. But if you're not branding, then you're going to have to sell, sell, sell all the time forever. I think that there's a shift that you should be looking to happen at some point. Because if you brand well enough, your sales become so much easier. Like that's, that's been the biggest crazy thing for me with the show, man. Is like, I'm used to door-to-door sales. I did it for 6 years. I sold higher ticket products. I sold lower ticket products. I sold 20-year contracts. I sold 2-year contracts. I sold $30,000 window roofing jobs. I, like, I sold a bunch of different things door-to-door. And I'm used to knocking on somebody's door, completely cold, no prior contact. They didn't ask me to show up and literally selling them something there on the spot and leaving with a signed deal. Like That's what I was used to. So coming from that into the podcasting world where now... Well, let's take, let's take you, for example. You, um, and if you don't mind me sharing this, you are somebody that has paid me for podcast, podcast coaching services, right? Helping like, get the show up and running, helping like, with different tweaks here and there to you know, complement your already proven skill set. And the way that that happened, like, I didn't have to do a ton of hard selling. Because you were searching for how to get better at networking. You found my show. You listened to free content that's totally value-driven that's out there and got value from it in some way. Enough to fill out a form online to book a call with me. We hop on a call, we chat, and we talked about, we talked about a, even a, a different, a different uh, product. And then you were like, ah, not really a great fit for me, whatever no worries. We still maintained some sort of a friendship connection after that. Then you heard me say something on, the po- on my show about podcast coaching. You reached out to me, booked another call, and then we started coaching together. At no point along there did I have to do a ton of selling. All I had to do was ask a couple of good questions. And then you, if you were ready, were going to say yes, no matter what I said, because you were already invested into my brand, into like who I was as a person. Like I had already built a reputation with you that said that I deliver value. So if you pay me, then I'll probably continue to deliver value at an even higher rate. So like the brand that I was building the whole time enabled me to not have to be able to like be a hardcore closer. Right, like because there's a whole movement of people who are just man, I'm just a, I'm just a freaking closer, man. Like, okay, good for you. Like, I've been there and done that, but I can tell you 100% that this way is way easier at, at the end, on the back end. It's di- the reason people don't do it is because it's difficult up front. It costs me a lot of money. It costs me a lot of time. It costs me a lot of energy to create insanely quality content when I was never a content creator. It, it took a lot for me to learn how to be a good interview. It took a lot for me to build the connections to get in front of the people to actually be able to interview people of, of importance and influence and people who have done stuff in the world. So all that stuff was super hard. But now on the back end, it makes my sales process so much easier. So I think both are crucial. And I think if you're starting your business, you better know how to sell because you've got to bring in revenue ASAP. But if you are not building your brand from the get-go, I think you're making a huge mistake because if you don't do that, you're going to have to constantly be spending money in marketing, constantly be spending money uh, on salespeople, constantly be worrying about selling every single month. But if your brand takes over at some point in your business, that's where the sales just pour in without you having to do like without you having to spend a ton of money in marketing, without you having to uh, worry about getting on the phone and closing down people and stuff like that. So I uh, ho- hope that hope that answers your question. Yeah, man. No, absolutely. And I think 
you know, I obviously I appreciate the coaching. This is, you know, if, if anyone hasn't is looking to start a podcast, uh, I definitely recommend you as the person to check out. I've gotten a lot of value from it and just the relationship. What I would want to ask about is not, you know, t- taking it back. Do you remember your first paying customer with the, like after you started the podcast within that realm? Do you have a story behind that? Is that a relationship you still have? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, his name is Mark. Still chat with him every once in a while. Literally what happened was I was probably four months in on starting my show and Mark really took to a lot of the content and we were kind of chatting back and forth. And um, I mentioned something to him about how I was, I was thinking about uh, starting uh, putting together this course on, on networking or whatever. And uh, he was like, Oh, cool. How much, how much are you going to try to sell it for? And I said, uh, you know, I'm not 100% sure. I was totally green at the time. No, no idea anything about this stuff. And I was like, uh, probably like 197 or 200 bucks or something. And he was like, great. And then all of a sudden, I get a PayPal notification. And he paid me 200 bucks for the course. I was like, get started. I'm, I'm already in. And I was like, it was a mind-blowing experience for me. Because it was the first money I'd ever made online. And probably the most important money that I ever made online because it taught me that it was possible. Because that right there was exactly what I was just talking about. A perfect example of what I was just talking about. Like I did not sell at all. Like didn't even have a product built. It wasn't even there. Nothing even existed. But because I had built a brand that said that I would deliver value on things, he paid me for it before I even created it. And that was the first dollar that I made online. And then what, what ended up happening was I got good, good advice from somebody that they were like, Hey, don't build a course, you moron, <laughs> uh, because you haven't been doing this long enough. And I was like, Okay, that's probably a good idea. So I, was, I, I got on another call with them and I was like, Hey, man, let me know if you want a refund because I'm not going to be starting, the, I'm not going to be doing the course. Got some good advice from a couple mentors of mine, and I'm not going to be doing the course for a while now. But I am starting this mastermind that I think might be valuable because I do some sales coaching in there. And then, um, and then before I could even finish telling what the mastermind was about, he's like, How much? I was like, uh, I was thinking about doing about a thousand bucks for three months. And then he immediately sent me the additional $800 on PayPal that I needed to jump. Like, and it was just mind blowing. I was like, wow, I can't believe this is actually working. Like, all this stuff that all that I've been thinking is going to work is actually really starting to work. And this is a guy that I had no, the, the reason it was cool for me too is I had no prior connection to him. It wasn't like a distant cousin or uncle that was just trying to support what I was doing. Like, it was somebody who legitimately found my content, resonated with it enough to pay me money for something that didn't exist yet just on the fact that I said it was going to be valuable. And uh, yeah, so, so good question. Man. Now we're, we're coming towards the end here and I have uh, you know, some quicker hitter questions for you that uh, we can kind of run through if you don't mind. Yeah, let's do it. What do you want someone who's worked with you, you know, what we'd call a customer, you know, someone that you have a relationship with that has purchased one of your services, what do you want them to say about you? Like what's a good testimonial? I want them to say that I constantly over deliver on anything that they get from me. That's always, always my goal is like whatever I'm charging, I want to deliver twice the value at least, or else I don't think I should be charging that much. Like, I don't want people walking away going like, oh, that was probably worth what I paid. I want it to be like, wow, that was definitely worth what I paid and probably a lot more than that. That's awesome. Uh, and what brands are you obsessed with right now, just in your everyday life? Um, I'm a big Nike guy. I, uh, I wear Nike pretty much pretty much every day. I mean, at the gym for sure. Cause my shoe, like all my gym shoes are Nike, basketball shoes are Nike. So I'm, I'm a big Nike, Nike guy. I'm trying to think of a couple other, 
because I've recently stopped buying a bunch of like brand name. Um, like I'm not a huge brand name clothes guy, except for sports apparel, like Nike. Like I'll, like most of the time, I'm walking around in some sort of like Nike sweatpants or like these. I'm wearing sweat shorts right now that are Hurley made by or like with Nike technology, some sort of like Hurley Nike combination or something like that. So definitely would, would say Nike. And then probably just another one that I want to throw out is Toyota. I'm deaf. Like I've grew up on Toyota and Toyota's always worked. We, we had, we had another car a Fiat and it had problems. And it seemed like I had a, like anytime I get a rental car, that's not a Toyota, it has problems. I'm just like, ah, I'm just going to stick to Toyota. So um, yeah, Toyota and Nike would be two brands that I, that I, that I mess with a lot. And what brands do you trust? That is a good question. I definitely Toyota. I trust Toyota for sure. Like that's something where it's like, yeah, they, they if I get in my car, I know it's going to take me from point A to point B. Like there's, it, it's, they've, I've never, and you know, knock on wood here, I've never broken down in any of my vehicles because I've all been Toyota. <sighs> Let's see. I'm trying to think of like another brand that I really trust. I don't know, man. That's a good question. I, Probably like something like Bose. Um, anytime, anytime I get Bose, I know it's going to be good. You know, like a, one of those, like something like that. Because I, 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 I usually stick, stay away from a lot of brand name stuff because it just costs more money because of the brand name. But definitely stuff like Bose and different things were... And th- things where I don't know a lot about the industry... I, te- I, I tend to stick to the brands that I recognize and trust because like, I don't know if they're going to be good or not. I'm just hoping. So, so that, that's kind of qualifies in that whole sound equipment thing is, is, is going on Bose. And then Apple would probably be another one. Everything I, you know, I have an iPad, iPhone, MacBook, everything is, is all Apple. So I pretty much trust Apple that they're going to give me something good. So yeah, you trust them to do the job that, that, that it's supposed to do. Right. Yep, Exactly. Wrapping up a little bit, I want to hear like, what's your next big audacious goal? What do you got going on? Uh, that's a good question, dude. There's, there's actually quite a few things um, that I got going on right now. Probably the most audacious of them is this event that I'm going to be throwing out in uh, Vegas in October that you, you were actually at the first or one of the first ones called Cool People, Cool Places, but it was out in Thailand. And it was a much smaller, like 20 person event. This one will be like 60, 70 people, but I'm going to try to make it more of an intimate feel like the one in Thailand was, which is a really interesting dynamic to try to accomplish both of those things to make it bigger and keep it small at the same time. So that's, that's probably my, that's probably my big audacious goal at the moment is trying to make sure that that goes well. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool people, cool places, definitely participated and it was life-changing. So I'm excited for you and your next one. Thank you, man. Where can people find you if they want to know more about you and what you're doing? Where are you active on social? Like what's going on with there? Yeah, I spend the majority of my time on Instagram, but, uh, and that's just at Travis Chapel. Anything that I'm up to, you can find at my website, travischapel.com. Perfect. And uh, that's it for today, man. Just want to thank you so much for coming on, man. You've definitely helped me out with where I'm going with the podcast and just in life. So thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, of course, bro. Thanks so much for having me. You've just taken your marketing knowledge to another level with this episode of Brands on Brands on Brands. But we have plenty more ways to not just help you build a business, but build a brand. 
Head over to brandonbrands.com for more resources, as well as access to our blogs, videos, and exclusive coaching sessions with your host. Be sure to visit brandonbrands.com.